Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Down the block, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. Now, let's get to it, baby. The best part of the show. Cowboys versus the Eels. Let's talk about the biggest talking point. Let's talk about that pass. Let's talk about get out of the way. Was it forward? Yes, 100%. Was it as forward as some people think? No. When you go back and look at the tape, it's probably half a metre forward. Because initially, it looked about seven metres forward. Um, Interestingly... I think it was last week. Apologies if we didn't say it on the show, but we've definitely said it off the show that Dylan Brown passed. It was called forward when it wasn't. I'm pretty sure we said on the show, calls like this are going to happen in a fucking big game and they're going to change the course of a game. In saying all of that, it was the wrong call, no doubt. The Cowboys still put themselves in the position to win that game. And honestly, I know people aren't going to agree with this. They're not going to like it. But I also thought that the try that they scored where Mitchell Moses was being held by the player and he, got, and he fell over because he was trying to pull away from the player, I thought that that, uh, that should have been a penalty. I don't think he should be allowed to hold players um, as they're trying to get back and then they score on his edge. Because if he gets back to where he's supposed to get, that changes all the numbers on that side. Mm-hmm. Now, would they still have scored? Maybe. So was it as egregious as a forward pass? No way. No way. That, that was a 50-50 call. So I, I granted <laughs> that. But I, I'm gonna, what I'm saying is... is a, it, it wasn't just like the Eels were the only ones that got – like that was a howler of a call. It was 100% wrong. But in a 50-50 world where the 50-50 lands in the Eels on that line, I think Moses probably gets that penalty. On top of all of that, the Cowboys with, what, 15 to go, were 12 ahead? Up by eight with 20 to go. Yeah, Up by eight with 20 to go. So 100% the wrong call. I 100% understand Cowboys fans being filthy as anything. I, I get it. I, you're going to be pissed off. And, you know, arguably anything we say after this, it's just going to piss you off because you're going to feel that that try was a separation. I fully empathise with that. But the Cowboys had the chance to win the game. And I thought Todd Payton summed it up perfectly. He didn't blame the, the forward pass. He thought they should have won the game. They had it in, you know, they had the game to be there to, won, to be won. Um, you know, I thought this was a real gutsy performance by both sides. And I think, you know, if Cowboys play the Rabbitohs, I think the Cowboys go through. I just think they came up against an ill side that I think I said it last week, but I just felt like this final series, this was their moment. This was the moment and they've nailed it. What do you think about the game, Guru? Yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you said about the forward pass. It was forward, but geez, when I saw it live, I thought it was... <sighs> So bad. I thought it was five or six metres forward. Oh, my uh, God. Then when it got replayed, it, you know, it was forward, no denying that, but mm. it wasn't as forward as I thought it was live. I think most people would agree. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think there was calls both ways that were unlucky or lucky, however you want to look at it, unfortunately. That's rugby league. It's always going to happen in big games. I, You mentioned Todd Payton. I love this bloke. Yeah, legend. For him to come out of that, how disappointing he would have been and just cop it on the chin like that. Yep. Just sensei, I absolutely love that. And it's, you know, it's a good look for rugby league, but it's also, it sets the standard for his team. Mm. We don't point fingers. Like, that's who the Cowboys have been this year. And I, I thought he set a great precedent for yep. his footy and he's, side. And he's literally said, we had plenty of time to win that game. Yep. We don't go back and go, oh, fuck, 10-minute mark, we didn't get that. What a uh, testament to, like, his character. Yeah. Like, that sums him up so well. Mm. If that was Ricky Stewart, there would have been wheat gutted dogs all over the place. The, the ball boy, the scorer, every one of them. 
I love you, Rick. <laughs> and we would have we loved him for it. Yeah, he's, and would absolutely love him for it as a Rage fan. He's not going to have a shed that one for a while. But uh, it, it was phenomenal for him to kind of... And if he did blow up, there wouldn't be many people sitting there like being like, oh, you know, he's up, mate. Just, what a legend. Yeah, exactly. Like, if he had a blown up and going, look, I get it, man. Like, there is so much riding on this more than just winning a game. Like, this is life-changing shit. You make a grand final... Hmm. That's life changing. That you know, I know winning it is the be all and end all, but being in a grand final is still a place to hang your hat. Now, I know most NRL players wouldn't hang their hat there, but I tell you what, it's a lot better than oh yeah, we made a prelim. Like everyone goes, okay, okay, cool. Oh yeah, we made a grand final. You go like you know, people talk about two thousand nine Eels grand final still. You know, um, so they talk about two thousand fourteen doggies grand final still. Two thousand twelve doggies. Put it this way. Not many people know that South have made eight of the last 11 prelims. Exactly. Great mm. point. Great point, Matty. Except for super fans like yourself. Mm. <laughs> um, and anyone around, Matty. Yeah, anyone around him. Uh, so 100% wrong call, but I think so much respect to Peyton. Also to the players as well, the Cowboys players. They didn't let it, um, I guess, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't hear anything negative after the game about it. Uh, I will say uh, Tamalolo, before he was uh, sent to the bin, he was f- like an absolute animal. He bumped Papali'i twice. No, it wasn't a winger. wasn't a halfback. It wasn't a little hooker. He bumped Papali'i on his back. So Papali'i was doing these ones, falling on his back. That, you've never seen that before. Twice. Not just once where he, he got him off guard. Twice. Oh, mate, I can't believe how good he was, Tamalolo. Um, outside of that, uh, there were like huge players on both sides. I thought there was a huge play from Hiku uh, to regain the dropout uh, that could have been a match winner. It actually got them back into like they um, – so the, the Eels has got a repeat set. I think the Eels were ahead. The game's on the line. They do a short dropout. Hiku grabs it. Um, yeah, so look – Amazing performance. We'll talk about Cowboys before we get to the Eels. Um, with the Cowboys, look, I think, I think we spoke about this before the final series started, and we and we said, does Cowboys have just that extra little bit of magic that some of the big dog clubs mm. have? And I think that on the weekend we saw that they've got it, but I think they just need another year mm. to fully realise it. You know, that, for example, Scotty Drinkwater with another year. Valentine Holmes with another year at centre. Um, Nanai on the edge with it, with another year. So, like, if they just had – put it this way, if and this is – I know people don't like this, but if you had 12 months more experience with that team together, I think they win that match. I think they win that match. Oh, so I think they win that match if you take Gutho from 12 months ago, mm. put him in that side. Like, you talk about – like, Scott Drinkwater had that, that play where he beat Mitch Moses all ends up, went straight through – Gutho came up with a huge save there. Gutho made the tackle on Tolungi in the first minute. He then, what about that, that one? I think it was Chad Townsend kicked into the in goals and Gutho caught it at full pace. Like, tips of his behind fingers. his feet, like, Crazy. incredible. Like, there was, I, uh, I said it before in Team of the Week, I honestly think Gutho saved 18 points in that game. He was amazing. He was everywhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's that's where I think, like, with another 12 months, the, the Cowboys side together would have found a way to get around that, you know? I just think because when you, when you really look at it, so you've got a new six, like Dearden's been there for half a year. So yeah. you've got to say, new six, new seven, drink water was a six last year, so new mm-hmm. one. So their whole spine is essentially new. Um, even even Malolo, like I think he plays more as a front rower sometimes now. I know he's got a bit of a ball playing now, but Cotter comes on and plays that <coughs> ball playing sometimes. So, like, there were, there were a few times where they had the Eels under the pump, had the Eels on their line, and I think that in 12 months' time playing together, they would have got a bit of points and they would have put the game away maybe a little bit quicker. Because didn't they what, – what points did they go in at half time? It was like 12-6? It's 12-all. 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 And I, I think I wrote in my notes, the Eels will be stoked with 12-all because the Cowboys dominated that first half, absolutely dominated that first half. Matter of fact – I think the completion rate was – did you put it in here? Oh, I had it in my notes, but I just wondering if you put it in my um, – oh, man, where is it? 
Okay, yeah. So Eels, they had seven errors in the first half. They only completed at 56%, whereas the Cowboys completed at 88%. And so they put themselves in a position to win the game. It was just that extra fucking bit of oomph that they couldn't get across the line. And that's why I believe, like, think about how exciting that is for the Cowboys, that they didn't just, like, go up and, you know, get pounded by an Eels side and, oh, yeah, we got a bit lucky because we played Sharks in the first round and that pushed it through. <clears throat> they went up. Dominated the game from the outset, 88% completion. Um, and it took a second half where I think the Eels completed at like 90% or something to get them back in the game. I think going into next year, Cowboys should be fucking confident. Should be real confident. Yeah, for sure. I, I, just to point out how far the Cowboys have come. So last year in defence, on average, they conceded 31 points per game. This year it was 15. They cut it in half. Now, I'm sure one thing that will be a big focus for them in the off-season, especially for Todd Payton, the two finals games, on average, they, they considered 27 points per game. So yep. they pushed themselves back up into that category from last year. Obviously, finals footy is harder and whatnot, but the Cowboys, I think they'd see themselves in the premiership business. So you've got to keep that same. Mm. Um, numbers from the regular season into the finals. I, th- I think it's just been a tremendous season for them. I know they're disappointed now, but... Like I remember sitting here in the pre-season with you thinking, if they finish 13th, that's a good effort. Finish third. Mate, I, I, I honestly, I thought around like 10th, 11th or 12th was a good effort. They have proved everyone wrong. I don't care. There is not a single person outside of a diehard fan who, you know, if you're, your bias is so strong that, you know, you can't really t- measure that, that hard, what your, your prediction was. There's not a single fan that would have predicted that, that they did what they did this year to get to a prelim final and they were four points within a win. And also... They had the eel shot in that last five minutes. What do you reckon about the Cowboys game, Timmy? Mm. It was <clears throat> one of the big questions going in was how Parramatta in particular were going to handle the heat. And I think we saw that, that local knowledge and probably a smarter game plan from the Cowboys because heat-wise, it was a toasty night, but you know, they're professional athletes. They have a full season behind them. They're rock-hard fit. They were okay. And they did hold together in the back end of that game when they just relentlessly defended that line. A lot of that was on hard loan. But we saw with the humidity, just very quite dewy conditions mm. and just a wet ball. And in the first half, we saw the cows just trying to knock the, knock the door down through the middle. And they were playing quite sensible, simple footy. Whereas Para, being a side who, yeah, they like to knock the door down as well through the guts. They like to shift the ball and they do it really well. And it, I think it led to that 56% completion. Now, I think from the second half, they sort of reined that in a little bit and said, you know what, we can't shift it as easy as we think. Let's just play a little bit smarter. And I think by the end of the game, the completion was late 70%, like 76 or 78% or so. Um, so game plan-wise, I think the Cowboys got it right early on. And it was – the Cowboys' middles were so, so good. We spoke leading into it about oh. maybe Parramatta, get the ascendancy through the middle. Their line speed. Win the game. It was incredible. Mm. It was just a couple of lazy middle defensive efforts uh, for tries, particularly RCG's second try. Was it Lolo and McLean? A couple of just little yeah. poor moments that were very uncharacteristic of the Cowboys that essentially probably cost them the game. I, well, I think, like, you know, with Tamalolo, that's the price you have to pay. Like, you, you can't be as explosive and mm. dominant as him going forward, but then not have that one or two times where he's too gassed to make the call. Um, but you're right though that and I, like McLean probably could have been a bit better there as well. They're just big bodies. I I, I don't know whether that was. Look, you got to make your tackles for sure. But I also think Reed Marnie did such a fucking smart job. Like they were just going bang, 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 yeah. just getting him on the back foot. They had no line speed, so even if they did make contact on RCG, he's probably going over anyway. But I, you're right. It was you got to make it. It's, this is prelim kind of footy. Wasn't that RCG one a weird one? Like you saw Drinkwater in the background. He almost turned around to say, like, obstruction. It, yeah. it must have been something wrong and with RCG that. And RCG was so like, that's a try. Yeah. That's a try <laughs> to the ref. And it's like, bruh. It almost just looked too easy to <coughs> yep. be a try. Yep. Um, we'll get to the Eels, but I just – fuck, I want to praise RCG. Anyway, we'll get to the Eels. Um, but, yeah, I want to praise the the, uh, the Cowboys' defence. Like, they suffocated the Eels in the first half. They dominated them. They bashed them through the middle and they couldn't get anywhere out of their own end. Um, so so the first half at 12-all, that's where I think, you know, it's again, this is hindsight. We're reviewing the game. Obviously, it's hindsight. But that's where the game was lost, I think, for the, the Cowboys. They probably should have gone into halftime at least 12-6, if not 12-0. Um, 
because that first half, I think, probably took it out of them a bit because, like, even after the game, you could make the argument that it was the Eels that were fitter in air quotation mark because they're the ones that came in the second half and, you know, did what they needed to do. Um, but, mate, what an incredible performance um, by the Cowboys. They uh, they deserve all the praise they get and what an exciting time for the Eels up there. Um, I, thought, I thought Holmes had some really good moments. Um, you know, he ran for 148 metres, six tackle breaks. Um, Dearden was strong in defence. Uh, outside of that, Ruben Cotter. Have a listen to this. Fuck. A try. 150 metres, 53 post contact, seven tackle breaks, a line break, 45 tackles, zero missed. <laughs> Is he an automatic in the Kangaroos now? Has to be. Has, has to be. And, and honestly, I'd have him on my side even if all of our big boys weren't playing for their, you know, heritage. He is amazing. As we head into this World Cup and there are a, a lot of front rowers playing for other nations, is he a starting front rower for the Kangaroos? Mm, so you got what, RCG? We're so light on the front row. We're department. very light. Because we've got all our big boys are. Has you know. gone. Yep. Um, I, the only reason why I'd like to probably bring him off the bench is just just because I want to I want that impact I want that speed around the ruck when yep. the big boys are done, but like right now, he probably is a starter. Depends how big your thirteen is. So who's going to well, so, so Isaiah, yeah. thirteen yeah. maybe on big. an edge if you if you go quite a starting <coughs> pretty small possibly it might leave just a little bit light on mm. uh, in the middle, particularly up against the couple of Samoas and Tongas. You mm. might want that little bit extra size the first twenty. So I think Cotter coming on after twenty. Yeah, I, I want like that it. speed around the ruck like. Mm. I think that he'll be so damaging. Um, and I just, I don't know, I, that first 20, I really like that size in the middle. Mm. Really like that size. I'm just trying to think. Just Pat Carrigan, is he going to be a starting front um, What about Tino? Yeah, Tino. Tino. Yeah. My starting, so at the moment, unless you mention someone else, or Lindsay Collins, is he ready to go? So yes. I'd, I'd start. Um, if Lindsay's ready to go, I'd probably go Lindsay um, RCG to start. Actually, no, I take that back. I go Lindsay off the bench, Tino to start because Tino has played bigger minutes. Yeah, I think Tino that. and RCG up front. That's probably what I go. Um, so Lindsay's uh, got suspended against Melbourne. There's been two Roosters games since, and you're saying one was one against. One was the. So yeah, he's going to miss a warm game because he got four weeks. So yeah, he's yeah, ready so to be go. Like, Big Papa. He's playing some. He's some. Some. Mm. Roger that. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you even follow the Raiders, bro? Uh, <laughs> there's a lot going on with allegiances, mate. <laughs> I don't know where, that, where it ends and begins again. Yeah. Um, I want to give a shout-out to the great Peter Hiku. I, I think, you know, I think he's been lost in the noise here a bit with the Cowboys. Like, put it this way. At the start of the year, if, if you had said to me, remember how we were having this conversation in the great Gurino, where we were like, oh, how do you squeeze... How many so all these mm. boys into this back line? Uh, like, Hiku was maybe my first guy that I would go, fuck, sorry, I'm going to have to put you to the bench maybe. Yep. Whereas, like, you got Holmes that do, has done all the big plays and played outstanding and, you know, been one of the centres of the year. But I think Hiku's been outstanding. I think this is the best year of Hiku's career. And I also think that, like, I don't think... Peyton would trade him for anyone. I really don't. And, it, and, and that's a mixture of Peyton's loyalty, but the amount of efforts, he had 21 runs on the weekend again. That's the most of any, to any player on that side. The week before, he ran for like fucking 280 metres or something. Uh, he, he broke 300, I'm pretty sure. Oh, 300 yeah, metres. crazy. I'm still yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he ran for 300 metres and like we're just not hearing about Hiku as much. And, and understandably, I know Holmes has had these big plays um, – and, and the reason why he was in my team of the week over Hiku last week was because of the drop goal. Like, if he didn't get that drop goal, obviously Hiku would have been there. And so I just want to give a bit of love to the great Peter Hiku. I think he's been outstanding. Uh, he's clearly going to be a part of the New Zealand squad. And I think he's been a real unsung hero for the Cowboys this year. Could you check, please, what his average metres are for the year? Um, it was 314 metres. Wow. In a fucking finals game. At Shark Park. And that's a heavy track too. Heavy track. Um, so all love to Peter Iku, baby. All love. What do you reckon his average running motors are? 150. Yeah, 157. Fuck, that's good for a centre. That's, that's so a good for a centre. 
I wonder what the best average is for a center. It'd be Talakai. Talakai, yeah. What, he'd can you he'd check, be close to 200. Could you check his, please? He'd be about 100 and – let me guess, 100 and – I'm going to say 175. I reckon, what do you reckon, Timmy, quickly? I was going to say 176. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go 180 then. I'll go 180. Oh, you got one seventy six. Talakai for the season, 176. Wow. Oh! oh he's got it up. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> what a guess. No well, Googling, I swear. I, well, I said 175, so <laughs> I was close. That's a great guess. <laughs> but to think about that, though, like, you know, we've, we've spoken about Talakai quite a lot, and, and a lot of people have this bloke played Origin. Peter Hiku, only 20 metres less, and... You know, he hasn't really been spoken about at all this year. Like, so I think he deserves a bit of love for sure. Just just keep in mind with Talakai too, his first three games, he played in the second row and off the bench. His highest was 125 metres. Over the last five weeks of the season, he didn't go below his – he went below his average once. Fuck me. Crazy. They missed him massively. So yeah. also, so it goes Talakai for centres, then Hiku, and then third for centres is Val. Oh, okay, so Hiku's second. Hiku's second. Yeah, wow. And Val's third. Wow. For centres. That just shows you, man. It just shows you. He's had an incredible year. An That's incredible unbelievable year. unbelievable that there is 20 metres on average between first and second. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, <coughs> Not taking anything away from Hiku, but that's yeah. just crazy. Yeah, Talakai, incredible. And look, wow, the Sharkies missed Talakai. Wow, they missed him. Um, uh, anyone else trying to talk about? Give a – who else? Look, Tom Gilbert, if you looked at his stats, you'd go, eh, you know, didn't get through that much, you know, meterage or whatever. But I don't know. When I was watching, I thought his line speed was mm. crucial for, for the Cowboys. Like, yeah, he might slip off tackles, but he's stopping he's stopping the play because he's making the contact. Just on the Cowboys, I got a question. I saw – I think it might have been Brent Reid said this on the weekend. Considering, regardless of what happens this weekend, Penrith are losing kick out. Um, and who else are they losing? Appy. Appy. Para are losing Marnie and potentially Papali'i. The Cowboys, as you said before, you said in a, in a year's time, they would have been better, like this game would have been better for them. Brent Reid said that he thinks that Cowboys will start as Prem favourites this year. I How close do you reckon they'll go to that? I, I don't think it's an unreasonable call, but I think you can't go past the Penny Panthers next year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any team with Nathan Cleary in it and that fucking forward mm. pack starts as favourites for me. Um, yeah. As in starts. Look, if I see them, they come out, they play like busters. Obviously, I'm going to say someone different. But it's going to be interesting because, like, with the Cowboys, like, is their cap that messed up? It's probably not. It doesn't – don't, you don't hear much noise about it. You know, do they go into the market for an extra forward or two? Well, who, who are they gonna, they're going to lose Tom Gilbert. He's going to the Dolphins. Is that it? That's really it, I think. they got Heal and Lukey coming back. They got, I think it's going to be interesting getting Leilua for a preseason. I was going to – yeah, I was Fuck. just about to say that. I was just about to say that. Like, Leilua – how what, the difference between Leilua when he rocked up to the Cowboys mm. towards his last game was night and day. Like it was, you saw when he rocked up, you saw the old Leilua that you know could break a million tackles, but coming in out of games. By the end of it, he was like so consistent, and he'd bought into the system that was built at the Cowboys. Um, I'm uh, I'm really excited for the Cowboys next year because think about this: this will this will be probably their starting pack. It'll be Jordan McLean. He just, I think he just re-signed too. Congratulations. Reese Robson, who's just gone from strength to strength. Ruben Cotter. Probably either Helam Lukey or... Because um, Gilbert's gone to Redcliffe, isn't he? Yep. So Leilua. Let's say Leilua over... So you've got Ruben Cotter, Leilua, Nanai, Taumalolo. Tell me that isn't a forward Oof. pack as good as any other forward pack, period. Bar none. Yep. You give the halves another season together. Halves another yeah. season. The only thing is is maybe the craftiness out of nine. Like I know he's he's building towards it. Maybe that's the only thing I could say, you know, Appy potentially has over say like a Reese Robson. Um, I think Reed Marnie has really built that into his game. But another year Reese Robson under this this um system, I think he'll he'll find it. Yeah. He'll fucking find it. Um uh, to be honest, I'm trying to think. I think Reese Robson will probably be New South Wales next nine. Like, not next year, but next two to three years. You've yeah. got. Well, how old's Appy? Well, Appy's over 30, I think. Cook's over 30. Who else would you have have there? Blake Braley will put his hand up. Yeah. He's heading in the right I'd have, direction. I'd have Reese probably ahead at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I would at the moment. Yeah. Um, 
Jaden Riley think, up like, at Newcastle Reese well. is made for Origin. He's a bit of a mm. thicker body. Uh, he's already obviously been in the camp. Um, yeah. Like, like where's is Sam Verrills? Is he from New South Wales? He is, isn't he? Um, I think he's like a manly sort of area. I could be wrong. Yeah. I'd say, I, I think, it might, I'd put favourite on Bruce Robson. Yeah, play yeah Origin. I think so. Avalon, yeah, so... Yeah, he's from Adelaide. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, you know, this is how good this bloody Cowboys side is. Like Hamiso's getting four minutes, uh, three minutes. Do you think that was an error to bring to not bring him on for longer, or do you think the game didn't need a smaller body in the middle? I don't think so. But I mean, in hindsight, they they were obviously down points at the back end. But I mean, they were up by eight with. No, I'm saying, should he be brought on longer? Potentially, I, to be honest with you, I wasn't sitting there in that game going, where's Hamisa mm. at any point. But, I mean, he is the sort of guy. That, like, there was one play where he sort of made a half break and he sort of stumbled. If he mm. would have regathered himself, he could have been in space and it it could have all been over. But, I don't know. I, at no point did I sit there and go, fuck, where's Hammer? We need him on the mm. field now, mm. sort of imagine thing. When Para, not super critical of it, but imagine 15 to go when Para were out on their feet, Hammer chimed in around the ruck. Mm. Oh, yeah, like that's what he's made for that yeah. petrol, isn't he? Is that why he was there? It's it's such a it's such a big call, tough call to know to go. Yeah, you know, for example, like ha- imagine Hammer comes on, someone drops a ball, boom! All of a sudden, Eels got the ball rolling down the field, and Hammer's in there going, "Holy shit, I'm in a washing machine." Um, mm-hmm. So look, Cowboys fans, I know it's disappointing. I know the pass was forward for sure. Like you know, there's no denying that was the wrong call. But I thought your guys were absolutely so gallant and so good. I think you should all be incredibly proud and I think you should all be incredibly excited for the next few years. Um, the beautiful thing now about the Cowboys too is like Tao Malolo is 29, Townsend here is 30, I think. Can you check please for me? So you've got enough time to it's go. 31. He's 31. So you've got enough time to like go into the market and prepare for when these guys move on. And you're not going into the market as a, play, a team that's 14th. You're going into the market as a team that's currently, you know, I'd probably say the third best team in the comp this year. I, I, like if, if Rabbitohs, Cowboys play, I'd probably say the Cowboys win. Um, oh, it depends though. If the, if the, good, if the Rabbitohs that kill it rock up, then, you know, you'd probably go Rabbitohs. But, but if you just took their, both of their games from the weekend and played each other, I reckon Cowboys get the job done. I was just glancing through. Chad Townsend's profile on that the one that the Hello Sport boys always bring up the Vinny Chase mm. thing popped Is up at the there? bottom yeah that's <laughs> so fucking good. hilarious the greatest hairline there ever was it grows forward I honestly think Townsend's <laughs> I think Townsend's hairline is, is actually growing forward he's the first man in history to have a a proceeding hairline proceeding <laughs> He, honestly and that's why I wanted the Cowboys in the, the GF because I wanted the hairline versus the chin what what's more masculine, a, a a proceeding hairline or a chin for fucking that can chisel through granite? Superhero chin. We would have seen. We would have seen. Um, outside of that, I think that's about that it for the Cowboys. Anything else, boys? No, good season. Great season. season, and also great final showing. You know, like there's it's like for example, look at the Sharks. How disappointed they are right now as a club. And look at the difference of the Cowboys. And yet they were one, two points apart. We'll just say one because it's a field goal. That's the difference, you know. Mm. The Cowboys go into this offseason confident, you know, yeah, disappointed but happy. Sharks go into going, wow, we don't know if we're a finals footy side. Um, you know, so we'll talk quickly about the Sharkies. And that was, that was my concern. I, got a bit of, I copped a bit of flack for it, but... Before finals footy, I just said I was unsure whether they were a finals footy side yet. At the start of the year, my prediction was that, you know, they would go really well, but I don't know if they'd be able to pull it all together by the end of the year. Now, I think that got proven wrong. Like, I think they they outdid my expectations. But I also think that, you know, my, I guess, estimation that their finals footy just isn't there yet uh, was proven right. What do you reckon, Guru? Yeah, uh, it's a tough one because you go back to that Cowboy Shark game. Like that game could have could have fallen the Sharks' way, easy. You know, and then all of a sudden, the narrative is completely different. Mm. They get a week off. They come into this game. Could they have been the Eels? I don't know. I probably think this Cowboy side <coughs> had a better shot at beating the Eels than what the Sharks did. But I'm also probably a little bit biased because of what the Sharks showed against the South Sydney Rabbitohs last week when they were 
exhausted mm. and gassed. So it's hard when, when, when you go to a you know a thirty all that goes to Golden Point, and then goes to extra time, extra time, then Golden Point it takes a lot out of the tank. So I don't know. It's hard to judge, but you know I was higher on them coming into finals than you were. Um, but I think you, you were definitely proven right. Obviously, as the yeah. I wouldn't say it's fully right. Like fuck, I'm wrong about a bunch of shit. That's for sure. Roosters, I was wrong about. <laughs> I was so wrong about the Roosters. I thought Roosters were going all the way, baby. Um, Timmy, what are your Sharkies like? Do you think that because like I think that the Sharkies at the moment played perfect season footy, like perfect, not perfect because they weren't one, but really good season footy. Like find a way to get wins, whether it's ugly or whatever, just get the wins. But my I guess a feeling was is that just that next step finals footy is like its own season. It's also its own type of footy. And I used this example on Maddie Johnstone last Friday. It's like, look at the Rabbitohs. Scraped into the eight. Scraped in. Like, two games before the season end ended, they weren't even in the eight yet. Or Like, it wasn't confirmed that they would make the eight. But then they go into finals footy. They're a finals footy side. Now, I know they played poorly on the weekend, but there's no denying they're a finals footy side when you look at the, the, the calibre of players that can turn up. And, yes, I know that some of those players didn't play well on the weekend, but you know what I'm saying. Do you think that they need to recruit or do you think that they just need longer together to become a finals footy side sharkies the latter for sure mate i think i think you're quite on the money when you said probably 12 months away from being a genuine title threat had that game in week one of the finals gone the other way and they got through to the prelim they still had a prelim to get through and then a grand final to be considered uh premiership contenders so while it was a wonderful year i think what they've done this season with you know a new look side the big one being nico hines who you know, in a week's time could be a Dalian medal winner. That Those combinations are just going to be so far advanced after another full pre-season going into next year. And I think they've got all the pieces to be a premiership team mm. uh, come this time next year. I think they were just short of it this season. Uh, you, you touched on it all year, Campy, that you just thought they were just need a little bit more time to hit their absolute peak. Uh, and I, I think they've got all the tools to, to win a premiership next season. Mm. It's interesting because do you think that the Cowboys going... Now, I know Todd Payton won't allow this to happen, but the Cowboys going into this preseason, disappointed, but happy with the season. Sharky's going into this preseason, angry, bitter, disappointed. Do you think it's a good thing for them next year? Oh, I think it could be. I think Craig Fitzgibbon's going to come in. Because he was focused. filthy in that press conference. Like, yeah. his press conference wasn't like, you know, hap- like, wasn't, you know, happy boys, like, rah, rah. It was like, you know, people know who... Let us down. Yeah, and I, I think you know the Cowboys and the Sharks are going to be two really interesting sides to watch next year. Like mm. as good as the Cowboys are, and as confident as I am that they will go back to top eight footy, like we've seen teams do this before. Yeah, they yeah. come from nowhere in a season and they really like. Look, they did you guys have been a classic it. example mm. on a number of occasions where you look like world beaters. You go, Canberra Raiders locked locked in for top yeah. eight. Two thousand and seventeen Cowboys. Yep, all the way to a grand final next year. Fucking eleventh or twelfth. I um, had them. I had them cemented in a grand final in twenty eight. Yeah. Yeah, like it can happen. It can happen, and you know, I, I, it's funny. Like this Cowboys side, like they did a very similar thing all the way back in, I think it was two thousand and three, and they, sorry, two thousand and four. They they made the prelim final. There was a lot of hope and everything, and then it was <coughs> sort of like, fuck, are they going to be able to do it? The next year, they managed to go to the grand final. Mm. So, Cowboys, they have been in this position before a long time ago. I, I hope they can back it up. But I agree. I, I think the Sharkies, the way. The way that it ended for them and how disappointed they'll be and how, how much it would have hurt them, I think it can, they can definitely use it as a positive yeah, heading into they can next season. Absolutely, in the, the offseason. It's tough losing for Feeder and Tolman. It's a lot of experience. Well, it's mm. two of the most experienced. Like it's 500 games of first grade mm. walking out of there. Um, but hopefully they can go into the market. and Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. What, what I think that the reason why I really think these guys will be good next year, will they be second or third? I'm not sure. Will they be top eight? I'm I'm pretty like really really confident. Is it's Craig Fitzgibbon and Todd Payton. Mm. Like they are no nonsense fucking they are not gonna allow these guys to get ahead of themselves. Um do you reckon it'll serve them well, Timmy? Sharks? The the, the bitterness of the disappointment? I think it will, yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking this gonna be so driven next season. You, go, you know what? Yeah, we had a good season, but it ended abruptly and I think they'll use that fire uh, unbelievably for them. And you speak of yeah, they're losing experience in Tolman and Fafida. But they're also blokes who, you know, they didn't play many like big minutes even when they did play this season. Uh, I think they lost Jackie Williams in the back half of the season and, you know, he's far from a hero and a, a key player in that side. But 
he's so suited to just this modern day agile middle. Mm. I think he has some really good footy in them. So he'll come back uh, after missing, you know, basically the whole second half of the season. He come in, he can play big minutes. He's good for just this quick ruck speed. Uh, so I think that'll be fantastic. And then, yeah, maybe if they can plug another another forward in there or have someone coming through the ranks, it'll help a lot. But mm. I think they'll be fine. And I think they're just, I think they're really well positioned. Yeah. Oh, the other thing about the Sharkies too is that, you know, we spoke about it all season, that their errors mm. were so costly throughout the year, but they scored enough points that it didn't matter. Mm. Come finals time, it was their errors that cost them and there was, you know, a couple of players that made key errors in both of their losses that I, I think it'll really drive in how important that is. Well, it was, a key, it was a key thing that, you know, we spoke about. I said, we, we said the Cowboys' second last game or last game, they completed it like 80% against that, Penrith reserve grade side. Mm. I think it was the second last game. And I was like, that's such a fucking good sign because it shows standards don't drop when they're... Whereas the Sharkies played the Doggies second last game and they completed like 60% or whatever. And I was like, that's that's a bit concerning. Yeah. Um, but we're going to save, we're, we're save uh, the review of the year. We're going to do a real deep dive, guys, review of the year over the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. But we will say, I still think the Sharkies had a fantastic year. There's no denying that. Now, onto the Eels' performance. Uh, look, I want to get this out of the way. I already put up a post about Sean Lane. He was absolutely phenomenal. He was the difference. In my opinion, Sean Lane play, doesn't play. They don't win the game. Uh, I don't think they even, like, they get close, but they definitely don't win the game without Lane. If Clint Gutherson doesn't play, they definitely don't win the game because he, as you we've already discussed, you go back and watch that game. There were try-saving tackles. There were holding people up over the line. There was... Um, there was basically two or three grubber like that, you know, eight out of 10 fullbacks probably would have dropped. Uh, he was absolutely outstanding. Um, look, was he, it wasn't he, like he did all the little things right. It wasn't the try assists or anything like that he needed to do. It was every time a big play, put it this way, he scored three tries and that was in defense. You know, he did get 18 points, just not by scoring tries. If, if he's not at the back in the first half doing what he does, it's a blowout and they're done. It's a classic man of the match performance that isn't shown in stats. Yeah, absolutely. If you if you go and look at his stats, you'd be like, yeah, Gutho was okay. Matter of fact, if you go and look at his stats, six tackles, four misses. So you'd be like, oh, fuck, bad game. But go- for example, he missed the one on Scotty Drinkwater. He missed him, but Scotty Drinkwater hit the deck. Mm, yeah. Guys it, cleaned him up. Like yeah. a missed tackle that was a try-saving tackle. Yeah, exactly. And so... It's a game where you have to watch to see what Gutho did. He was he was my personal man of the match. I thought Sean Lane was incredible in the second half, but for the the entire of the eighty, Gutho was my man of the match. Like he just doesn't get enough respect. I, I know he's not the million dollar fullback, and I know he's not Tedesco or Tom Dravovic or Latrell Mitchell or you know whatever. But we go into this grand final. Guess who the two fullbacks are? They're two of the battlers. They're Clint Gutherson and Dylan Edwards. They're two fullbacks that balance squads financially, but also balance them in playing styles because every single week you know what they're going to give you. So if you're a coach with a game plan, you don't have to worry about, is he going to come and score four tries or is he going to be relatively quiet? Uh, it's, I think he's been incredible. And I think that you know when it comes to fullback, what a resounding kind of statement when the last few years especially, it has been about the fullback. That's where the best players go. And we're hyping up Tom Dravojevic. We've got Latrell Mitchell. We've got Tedesco. We've got Ryan Pappenhausen. We've got Hughes being moved from there. We've got Scotty Drinkwater. We've got like superstars across the board. And yet it's the two battlers that end up in the grand final. Um, and so like if there's any young people listening or young footy players, girls or guys, and you're not as you know fast as someone else or whatever, go and watch Dylan Edwards and Clint Gutherson play. There are ways you can become an elite fullback. Uh, Thoughts on the Eels' performance? Yeah, mate. Look, I've been very open this year saying that I just didn't think come the big games they'd be able to deliver. Mate, I'm confident saying if Parramatta were down by eight with 23 minutes to go in any of the last five seasons, there's not a hope in hell they win that game. No. I think they really turned a corner in this game. Uh, and I think that Clint Gutherson, you know, my my greatest thing against Parramatta for the last few years has been that when you get to the bright lights, <coughs> they don't have that guy that can stand up and deliver big moment after big moment. <coughs> As much as people won't talk about it, I thought Gutho turned into that guy the other night. Mm. As much as it won't come up in try assists and whatever, I just thought that he was fucking everywhere. He he was that was Tedesco like. Mm. How does he keep appearing there? How does he keep coming up with these plays? 
just effort built on effort built on effort. So credit to Guth. I thought it was fantastic. You mentioned Sean Lane. Oh, mate. I, I, like, I thought the most, the, the biggest moment of this entire game was the intercept he took on Scott Drinkwater mm-hmm. on about the North Queensland 40 metre line. It turned the game on its head. It swung the momentum completely. And Lane had a couple of big plays. The charge down. Yep. The, the try assist. And I, I thought the charge down was a try for all money if he didn't get that. Yeah, yep. Chad got that perfect. I know, I know. It would have landed in, was it Tulungi? That was, was it? the right wing, it sort felt. of felt. Yeah. It, it would have landed, landed in his bread basket. And it would have been a felt match winner again <laughs> if they had us kick the, 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 field, uh, the conversion. And the thing that I loved as well is that, you know, they had the charge down, which is all a big play, but typically Parramatta, when the ball's on the ground, they won't win that scramble. Mm-hmm. They won the scramble for the ball twice in the last five yeah. minutes. It was that one. And then Bailey Simonson, even on the last play, yeah, like for, him, for him to get to that ball as well, which, you know, the way that it landed and where Nanai was, you would have assumed he would have got there. So Bigger body too. Bigger Nanai. body. Like there's just a lot of like – a massive bigger body, yeah. There's just so many – there were so many moments throughout this game <coughs> that for me what I'm used to with Parramatta over the last few years was almost un-Parramatta. And for me it kind of feels like they have turned a corner. Mm. That's Mate. the first time I've ever sat there in a big game and gone, fuck – they stood up and they went out and won that. Yeah. And, and what I loved about it was, I mean, I didn't love it, but they played pretty average first half. Mm. It was Brad Arthur in the, in the changing room. Like the amount of, like, I understand that Parramatta have a great roster and I understand that with that roster, they should be challenging for premierships. But Brad Arthur never gets any respect. Brad Arthur never gets any respect for the things that he's done at that club. I mean, he was on, what was it, four weeks ago, there was like rumblings about him potentially going. And it's just like, look, I understand if he bounced out of the finals again two games. I would say, okay, yeah, you can you can definitely begin to consider maybe we need to have preparations and and begin to plan for if it happens, you know, if the next 10 games I come out in the next year, we've got an assistant coach or not even assistant coach. We're just like sending out feelers and, and just finding is there the next Peyton or Fitzgibbon out there. Not, not sack Arthur by any means, but I could understand if they got bounced out game after game that you, because you want to win premierships, you would even consider it. But, like, he's in a grand final. The no, it's done. The noise is done. This guy has made a grand final. If he goes in next year, comes fourth, you know, gets into a prelim again, that's a successful year. People forget how hard it is to make these things. It is so, so hard. Um, so, like... I just want to give a wrap to Brad Arthur because whatever he said at halftime, it worked. It worked. Yeah, like just how, how fickle rugby league is. And I don't know if you guys would disagree, but if Chad Townsend gets that kick through and Kyle Felt scores, I reckon he's under pressure again. Probably, yeah. There would have been whispers this week about him losing his job, I reckon. Mm, yeah, I reckon. Well, I mean, this fucking – what was it, two weeks ago, a thing got leaked, the review got leaked about like this, all this bad stuff. And it's like, mate, who else is out there to replace the bloke? Like, what are we talking about here? Um you know, uh, uh, Bailey Simonson, I thought he did a really good job, you know, and I think I actually think Brad Arthur's got a tough – if if Opacek is all right, I think he's got a tough question to ask because, you know, once again, Wonga Blake was, you know, struggled under the high ball, ran for 65 metres, didn't really do that much. But, you know – He made one really good one-on-one tackle on Val Holmes. It was a tricep, yeah. but outside of that, yeah. Whereas you've got Bailey Simons, 122 metres, three tackle breaks, 11 tackles, only two misses. I think it's a tough call to make, man. I really do. I, th- I, I, I think Brad Arthur will lean towards loyalty, but I don't think it's as simple as like, well, Wonga Blake's been there all year. I thought Simonson was really bloody good. I, I, I was shocked he picked Simonson. I really was. I was, I was just waiting for Nair Corre. Yeah, in there agreed, agreed. I was worried about uh, Simonson's defence. I, I, I pretty much said on my podcast, like, fuck, who does he think he's kidding here? Mm. He's got to play Nair Corre there. I, 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 you would have seen more of Simonson. I haven't really played him, seen him play. He's a great ball runner. Before. He's a great ball runner. He used to play sevens uh, for the All Blacks. Mm-hmm. Really, really good ball runner. Just his defensive reads, and you can speak about it more. His defensive reads sometimes can be a bit off. Well, I thought he was outstanding. What did you think about the Eels, Timmy? Yeah, I mean, three quarters of my notes from the game and takes were around Lane and Moses, but I won't beat down that bush again. You boys summed it up. Uh, sorry, um, Gutho and Lane. It was just two of the best performances I've ever seen in that match, um, but we've spoken about that in depth. So I'll speak about Mitchie Moses and just what an 
What a roller coaster. That that game almost summed up Mitchie Moses' career, didn't it? The highs and lows. He had a, his first child four hours before the game back in Sydney. He lost his nan last week. Uh, he came out. He put two balls out in the full late in the game, which were, like, inexcusable. He missed a conversion that if they'd lost that would have changed the tune for the rest of his career because it was like <coughs> it would have he would have been remembered for that and mm. the opportunity to get power into a grand final and missing that. But then to bounce back with a really key repeat set late on in the game, he made a one-on-one tackle on Jason Tamalolo really late on in the game, about five, ten metres out from the line that was insane and mm. just got completely overlooked due just to the intensity of the situation. Yep. Um, so t- just to see him bounce back in the back end of that after a few really disappointing plays uh, and it just set up the perfect narrative. I know you boys love a narrative. And oh, yeah. Mitchie Moses, the, the bloke to fill this famous number seven Parramatta jersey, the void of, what is it, 36 or something years without a premiership. Every single year it's about this famous number seven <coughs> jersey since Sterlow retired. Mm. Uh, now Mitchie Moses has the opportunity to come out and be that man and take them to glory and it's just... The whole the whole game grand final is set up for Mitchie Moses and is he going to go to water or is he going to stand up and be the champion? So yeah. oh, I can't wait. Yeah, Mitchie Moses is a great point and, and like choosing to miss the birth of your, your child, um, you know, that's a massive sacrifice and everything that he went through. But what I loved about it was this shows you how far this club has come because last year if Mitchell Moses has a poor game, they get absolutely fucking pumped. He comes out, you know, for 60 minutes of the game, pretty poor. And yet the boys rallied around him and got the job done. And sometimes, you know, yes, he is the man that needs to get the job done, all that kind of stuff. You know, he's gotten to, gotten them to this point. He needed the men around him. Like, it's pretty understandable a bloke that's having a child, literally on the field, his, his wife or his partner is having a child. He's lost, what did you say was his grandma? His nan, nan was grandma, yeah. Yes, from last the week. The week before... Mm. Pretty understandable that his head's a little bit off. Like, pretty understandable. The boys got around him. Again, as you said, that incredible um, the tackle. I'm just happy for Mitchell because I tell you what, one of the most unfairly maligned blokes. Like, he's super, super competitive. Yeah, he gets in the ref's face. And, yeah, he's, he's, he's ultra competitive and passionate. But that's what you want. That's what you want your seven to be. What, you think Joey wasn't ultra competitive? You think Joey wasn't ultra – like, that's what – Freddie Fittler? Not ultra competitive. Um, and Mitchell Moses, what I loved about this season is is his negative or his naysayers, they've gotten awfully quiet. You don't see it. And you know what I love the most about all of this is that he has earned a grudging respect of everyone in rugby league. If you don't respect Mitchell Moses by now, you're the one that's got the issue. Because this bloke has taken this team from Wooden Spoon to a grand final. Like... Any other seven did that, we'd be sitting here going, holy shit. And yeah, okay, he didn't have the best game, but what about all the other games that he got him to get this point? Um, has he got the most tries this year? I think, um, so we have to put in perspective what has happened here. A number seven has been gone from the Tigers to the Eels and taken a wooden spoon club with you know some of the most hectic infighting upstairs you've ever seen that, you know... One day the coach is gone, the next he's staying, all the way to a famous grand final. It's incredible. Yeah, he's, uh, sorry, he's leading the tries this year. He's leading the tries. Yeah. The other thing it ties into is just that we need to consider. Is another great example of how young halfbacks. It takes so long mm. to master the art of being an organising halfback in the NRL. It is such a tough job, and. I think if you ask most veteran NRL halfbacks or who have had their careers, when did you hit your peak? They nearly all say, anywhere from about that 27 to 30 age mark, uh, Mitchie Moses turned 28 two weeks ago or a yeah. week ago, and he's come into, well, <coughs> arguably a, a career year for him where he's just been incredible, takes him to a grand final. So it's you got to have to cut the halves a little bit of slack in their early to mid-20s because it takes time to master the art. I'm not saying he's necessarily mastered it yet, but, gee, he's playing some incredible footy. And it also ties into how bloody good Dylan Brown is to be doing what he is consistently at his age. So, so I was about to say, yeah, just to cap that off, incredible Mitchell Moses. like, and, and he's a big reason why the players around him could lift him up when he was struggling. It shows you a good, tight team. Had a rough game, but they are absolutely nowhere near the finals if he isn't playing. Um, take me into the Dylan Brown situation. 
won't get talked about because, like, was he as flashy as the week before? No. 126 metres, 15 runs, 30 tackles at number six, only three misses. Um, one offload, 38 post contact. What a knock from a, what, 22-year-old? But, mate, it's almost like, oh, yeah. It's That's what I mean. Still, it, it, won't get, yeah. it won't get, like, hype. We're talking about a 21, 22-year-old half here that's just gone into a prelim, back against the wall, you know, the run of the, like, 50% completion rate in the first half. He comes out and does what he does. Just amazing. Um, Going to be really interesting because both of them come off contract, I'm pretty sure, 2024. I think, I think they both stay. There's premierships there, boys. Like, I know they lose Reed, which is a massive loss. They get um, Hodgson next year. But, look, they've still got Bowlaw. They've still got Regan Campbell-Gillard. Papali'i, we don't know. Um. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So, naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Like, this is the best year to do it. Is the window as open as it was before? No. But it's not fully closed either. It's not fully closed. Um... Will Pensini, I thought he was great. Uh, I will say with uh, Sivo, I think, you know, he had some really good moments, but I do think he does probably need to add more runs into his game. I think that he – in today's game as a winger, you can no longer get away with just being that Mm. big, great finisher that teams are scared of. I think Brian Toto is a perfect example on the weekend of like he is the almost the perfect embodiment of a – you know, or Suwali'i of the, a winger that can take 23 runs but then also do some crazy mm. plays as well. So with Siro, I'm not sure what his um, cardio is like. Maybe he's so big that he you know, struggles cardio-wise. But I do think that you want to have be up around the 15 to 16 runs. He's averaging, just looking now, because it's a great point, Kebby, he's averaging 129 run metres a game. That has to up. Yeah. It, like for as, a premier, size, yeah. as a premier winger. Yeah. Coming off that wing, like... What did it add to this side if that 129 a game could be 179 or 189? Like, th- there's no reason I don't think why he can't be doing that. Yeah, for sure. And so it's actually in my notes. I just think that as we head into this like, next generation of winger, you just have to have that. You can't afford to be, you know, just – I mean, you can because they're in a grand final. But I think that if Sivo wants to be considered one of the best wingers in the comp, he has to add that to his game. Um I want to give a massive shout-out to Regan Campbell-Gillard. So starts his career off with a bang. You know, then everything happens at the Panthers. Doesn't seem to work out. And you're going, fuck, look, I think he basically shatters his jaw. Takes a while to get his confidence back. And you're almost sitting there going, oh, man, like, maybe this guy will kind of fade out. Like, he'd made the Australian side. He'd made origin. And he thought maybe his career was heading towards the just a battler that would, you know, maybe come off the bench here and there. He's even had to deal with things coming when he came to the Eels, you know. He got dropped from, from the origin side. Now he's in uh, a grand final and he was absolutely outstanding on the weekend. Uh, I just, you know, what an incredible journey for Regan Campbell-Gillard. And for a guy that got dropped from the New South Wales side to, I think, everyone would say that he is guaranteed an Australian spot and almost guaranteed a starting spot. Fair? I think what, so. what an incredible journey. Yeah, just on that, I was just having a look through his career. Uh, you obviously mentioned he, he had the what was it the shattered jaw. I think he fucking really badly hurt his jaw. He's played eight years of first grade. The least amount of games he's played in a season has been twenty. Oh, really? in the front row. That's hectic. That's unbelievable. Hectic. Yeah, that big, big minute prop as well. And the way he plays too. Mm. The way he plays. Like he's played eight seasons. He's played one hundred and eighty-two first grade games. Far out. How old in is he? Front row. He is yeah twenty-nine. Fuck, that's a fair effort. It's an incredible effort. Holy heckers. Um, 57 minutes on the weekend, two tries, 149 metres, three tackle breaks, two line breaks, a line break assist, offload, 32 tackles, only one missed. Oh. He's actually uh, he's represented um, Fiji previously too. I'll tell you what, if he decides to go play for Fiji, we're in some fucking car. Oh, 
Fuck me dead. Nah, he'll, he'll play Australia. He'll play Australia. Uh, yeah, massive shout-out to RCG. What, a, what an incredible turnaround. Um, Paolo, again, did great stuff. Um, Papali'i, I thought Papali'i was really tough. There were periods there where it was almost like Tamalolo was looking for him. I had my notes. I, I wonder, at the start of the game, I think it was like the first two or three carries, he ran straight at Papali'i. And I was like, I wonder whether Peyton has intentionally made a game plan to try and tire Papali'i out in defence so that he doesn't want to run the ball and attack. Because Papali'i, if you can try and take away that from the, parent, uh, the, the Eels, put it this way, imagine Sean Lane doesn't come out and do what he does. Then you've almost nullified... Yep. what the Eels do. It, it took Sean Lane stepping up to step into the role that Papali'i usually plays for the Eels. Um, but I thought it was a real tough game. You know, gets head high, got bumped a few times, just kept turning up, just kept turning up. Um, near Corey, I thought he had a pretty rough start, if I'm being honest. Um, but defensively, he was pretty good. Uh, Madison came on, worked his ass off, as he does. Far out, he loosens up that middle for him. He just... As soon as he came on, you could feel them getting momentum. You could feel them just the, the defence getting a bit looser and making it a much harder job to defend. If, uh, if you watch the try that he set up for RCG, the first one, oh. you see in the play, well, he literally points at them and points at Chad Towns and he goes, twos. Yeah. There. He, he saw it coming from a mile away. It's such a good – it's it's almost impossible to stop. Yeah. It was his first touch, wasn't it? Just pr- close, pretty close, pretty to, close to it. Pretty close to it, yeah. Like the play that before that, he came <laughs> under expecting to get the ball, didn't get it. So it's not like it was a whole set play and everything. He just looked up, yep. saw what Chad was, told the two boys what to do and faceballed it perfectly. Mate, it's such a tough play because if Townsend stays out there, he gets bumped. Like it's, it's a physics thing. Like you're not going to stop a rampaging RCG there, or at the very least, he makes an incredible tackle and there's a quick play of the ball, they score on the next play. No, he did the same thing to you guys last week, didn't he? Exactly, pretty much the exact same thing. Same thing with uh, Bolo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I'm, I'm so happy for the Eels. Um, I just I, I know they had a really up-and-down season, but I just always believed this squad, it, it, this was their year, this was their moment. You could just feel it. And I think that a lot of people, because they had such an up-and-down mid-year a lot of people didn't realise that heading towards finals footy, it was the first time they were on the up. Whereas most time, all the other years where they've been bounced out in two games, they were on the decline performance-wise. They were heading, they were moving up the table into finals footy. And so I think that, I actually spoke to Junior Paolo um, at the start, of like when they were struggling a little bit, mid-year I think, and he was like, yeah, they're just trying to change a lot of things up because it clearly hasn't been working, whatever is the last few years. So the fact that they're in the finals, this isn't like by chance. Like the Eels actually changed things up internally to get these boys in the best state to head into these finals. Um, so I'm so stoked that they're in a grand final. So stoked. They deserve all the praise in the world. Um, Will Pensini again. I know, I know like, I just think that we, we spoke about, for I think it was last year, Guru, we spoke about how we just thought outside backs-wise, they just didn't have that extra man there that was elite. Mm. And I think Pensini, although Dylan Brown has taken a lot of that slack, I think Pensini has really been that guy. He's flown under the radar. Oh, well, I mean, I, I just think people people appreciate him, but I don't think they appreciate how good he has been. Like, he mm. hasn't just been a good 20-year-old. Mm. He's been a fucking good premium centre. Yeah. Mm. He's been really good. I remember, I, I think Maddie set it off mic before, just going back. It was only round 22. They got beat 26-0 by the South Sydney Rabbitohs. It's only eight weeks ago. Yeah. The, the turnaround has been, like, I'll be very, like, if they do win a comp on Sunday, I'll be very interested here. Like, I reckon something must have happened that week off the back of that. Well, uh, they, they were aware of it, you know what mm. I mean? So they were watching it. Uh, they've, <clears throat> they've timed it perfectly. Like, they have timed it perfectly because – you know, losing 26-0. Didn't they come out the next week and pump fucking... Well, yeah, they, after that, they played Canterbury and Brisbane. They gave it to both of them, beat them both by 40-odd. Then they beat that Melbourne Storm side. Then they got done by Penrith, obviously, week one of the finals. Yep. Uh, we'll get to a quick preview later on. But uh, I thought Reed Marnie was also outstanding. Uh, missed a bit of tackles in defence, but, I mean, when you're making 58 tackles, fuck. You can miss as many tackles. I mean, you can't miss as many as you want, but I'll excuse <laughs> it, bro. I'll ex- hey, hooker. I'll excuse your missed tackles. Yeah, as geez, a that was a good try that he set up too. Just 
just, just those one or two steps yeah. that he took, he just sort of held the. He, he just put them in two minds for a split second. It's just enough. like it's what Harry Grant does so fucking well. It's yep. that that constant probing where you just keep the defenders on the back foot because if the hooker gets out, you can't get line speed because then you're running past the fucking ball. And so Reed Marnie, he's getting better and better at that. I think he's going to be so good for the dog. And that's the like the, if he keeps improving that part of his game, I think he's already got one of the best kicking games as far as hookers go. He's really developed it for he's sure. Developed yeah. it heaps yep. this year. His long passing game is, oh, it's the best in the league. So good. Oh, so I was crisp. sitting there watching the game on the weekend with a mate who um, loves his rugby union, isn't a huge league guy, but watches it with me. And he sat there and said, fuck, he could compete with the best nines in world rugby. Yeah, well, that pass. it's a big call. Like, I've never heard him compliment league before. So. No. <laughs> Just quickly, guess who kicked a fucking 40-20 in the PM13 out of hooker? Yeah, Benny Hart. Fucking Benny Shock. Hart. <clears throat> yeah. It's a joke. You know, he kicked six 40-20s this year. Oh, the last person to do that was Chrissy Sandow like 10 years ago. The great <laughs> Chrissy Sandow, eh? Um, so, look, Eels fans, win, lose or draw, enjoy it. What an incredible year. Um, just enjoy it. Just embrace the week. As I said, win, lose or draw, you're in a grand final. These things, they're almost a flip of a coin. Like, when you get two teams like this, they're almost a flip of a coin. They, it really... It just comes down to the day and, you know, you might be you might be the fortunate ones that just seems to roll your way that day. So enjoy the week, Para fans. You've earned it. Will we save it for the preview or not? But who do you think is under more pressure coming in? Is it we'll save it to the preview. Save, save it for preview. All right. <clears throat>